hey, it's me, the pilot of your airplane. I'm here to let you know that you got to buckle up and pump up the volume and get ready to listen to another episode of this podcast. Before we continue my first ever journey through the Harry Potter series, just a few quick announcements. Uh-oh, surprise episode. Look, it's me, your old pal Mike Schubert. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? I hope you're well. It's been a little bit. Happy to be back. Let's talk about some stuff. First up, going to be here with some more live show content for you. And if you want live show content in the form of attending a live show, either in person or virtually, oh boy, oh boy, do I have good news for you. We're doing some Potterless shows to round out the year, and they are becoming more scarce because I'm starting to do more TNO shows. But if I ever come to a city that I've never been to before... I will be doing a half Potterless, half TNO show. Speaking of half Potterless, half TNO shows, that's what's going on for the rest of the year, save for full Potterless show with Johnny, August 4th, 2022 in St. Louis, Missouri. Full-fledged show, back in Johnny's hometown, gonna be a blast. We're gonna be doing some sort of bracket, and that is, I believe, at least in the U.S., probably the last full Potterless show. The rest of the year, we are doing Philly on August 31st, Salt Lake City, Utah on September 11th, Portland, Oregon on September 25th, and Dallas. Texas on October 9th. Those are all going to be half Potterless, half Newest Olympian. Going to be a blast, going to be a fun time. Now, no matter where you live, if you are hearing this, that means you get access to the internet. And if you have access to the internet, that means you can attend the Philadelphia show because we are live streaming it. I know last time we did a live stream, there were some technical difficulties, but I have been assured by the stream company that this has never happened before and will never happen again. And man, if it does, I'm going to be really angry. There's not going to be any no worries, if not emails from me. There's going to be lots of worries, if worries. But we're going to run it back with a stream. If you're a patron, you do get a discount. So check that out if you go to patreon.com slash potterless. But this show is going to be streamed. You can go to bit.ly slash ptr831 stream, all lowercase, ptr831 stream. You can get tickets. And even if this is a weird time zone for you or it's just a bad day, don't worry because your ticket gets you access to a one-week replay. So you can watch it later or you can watch it live and then watch it again, or you can watch it in multiple parts, whatever you're looking to do. I'm not your mom. Do whatever you want to do. But you can get tickets to that and all the shows at potterlesspodcast.com slash live. And do that. I would love to see you live. And if you're in Canada, just be on the prowl for a potential Toronto show. May try to have that in the works. Can't make any promises yet, but I am actively trying. And just a reminder, if you want to make sure that you know if we're ever coming to a city near you to do a live show, you can follow us on social media at potterlesspod on Twitter or at potterlesspodcast on Instagram. Also, a fun note, when I started doing Pot Tour List in 2021, I brought a camera with me along for the tour and I filmed a bunch of stuff and I'm finally getting around to posting videos. So if you go to the Potterless YouTube channel, which is probably easiest if you just search for Potterless on YouTube, then you'll find it. I posted a video that covers the New York City show and the Pittsburgh show that were in August of 2021. Lots of fun footage and behind the scenes type stuff, filming in the green room, filming before and after the shows. I was on the road all by myself, so there's some frantic gas station videos. It's fun. I had a really fun time making videos. I haven't really made them in a very long long time, so it was cool to be vlogging again. I've been filming stuff all throughout the tour, and I'm doing it at basically every live show I do, and I will continue to do so. So if you check out the Potterless YouTube channel, you can watch that video and other videos in the future. Subscribe. I'm going to be posting stuff. It's fun. But with all that said, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for deciding to listen to this episode. This is a live show from the last time we were in Philly, and we had a very wild bracket to determine what is the best store slash place that you can buy things from in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, like in the books, not the theme park the actual universe created by the book series. But I hope you enjoyed this live show with our very special guest, Johnny Frolicstein. And just one final note that I forgot to say, the recording of this audio didn't start right at the beginning, so it started just after I had done the introduction and said hello to the crowd, and I just begin explaining that I haven't been to Philadelphia since I was a kid. So that is the context, here will be the intro song, and then it will abruptly get into the live show. Enjoy! 
I realize I've never really been here as like an adult. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey. We went here on like field trips uh, and like other educational things to like the Franklin Institute and like the Liberty Bell. So today I just got to like amble around the city with my sister and Kelly and her friend Rachel and it was great. Being an adult in Philly is fun. <laughs> so speaking of being an adult, we have to talk about books targeted towards young people. Things that we're all, I mean, I was too old to read it. You guys probably all read it at the right time. I was a little late to the game. But we're gonna be talking about some Harry Potter stuff. We're gonna be doing another bracket. And this one is a very important subject and I actually didn't tease this one out. So you all got tickets to a show that you were like, I hope it's good, so thank you. That's a lot of friends to be like, I like the podcast, what are they doing? He hasn't said, um, but I trust him, so thank you. That makes me feel very happy. But what we're gonna be doing today, thankfully, when we do these brackets, we need 32 things, because we do a whole big like March Madness style thing, 8888, we need 32. There are exactly 32 places where people buy things in the wizarding world. So we will be determining what is the best shop. Sometimes shop will be a very loose definition, but still it will be places where some sort of wizarding currency is exchanged and you get items. The 33rd that didn't make the cut was they stole food from the city that one time. <laughs> like they stole bread and or eggs or whatever. So that's what we're doing in this episode. I'm obviously not gonna do it alone. I can't do this alone, that'd be quite silly. So I'm going to be joined by someone who is an expert in this field in determining what are the best things with me. It's the best man in my wedding, Johnny Frogstein. Welcome Johnny to the stage. Hello, hello. How's it going, bud? It's going really well. I just finished my yingling and I came here straight from the Reading market. So I had, a, <laughs> had myself a Philly day. Yeah, and quick, give me three more Philadelphia references. Uh, Eye of the Tiger. Uh -huh. um, that was an uh, intentional shirt choice. Uh, Bryce Harper and uh, uh, City Hall Steps, which is just, I have the tiger again. <laughs> very good, very good. Have you been to Philly before? I know you didn't necessarily grow up in the Northeast like me. Have you been an adult or a child in Philadelphia? I've been for like a night here and there, but never spent a ton of time here. Really enjoyed my day here. I actually, I did go to the La Colombe in Fishtown and that was awesome. Fishtown is really cool. Big yeah. fan. It was fun for me to learn, like, La Colombe is not just a Trader Joe's brand of, of, of cold brew, which is my previous experience. It's just like, oh, you could buy these in Trader Joe's. And then I saw signs. I'm like, oh, they're real. Cool. So we've got a whole bunch in store. So I think we should just get right into this goodness. Now, when we do these brackets, we put them into four categories. And what's fun is no matter what we do, we usually find a way to break them into four categories that fit the house's pretty well. So the four categories of places where things are exchanged, currency for goods, the first of which we found was food. And we've decided that's Gryffindor. Feels good, you need, you know, food to have energy, all that good stuff. Then we have one that is uh, utility, so useful items. Obviously that's Ravenclaw, big old nerds. You wanna get quills and parchment and all that stuff. Oh, lots of nerds in the crowd tonight, surprising. Then we have the one that is uh, creepy slash animal, uh, which is what we gave to Slytherin. <laughs> oh, all right, a lot of Slytherins. I hope you're not racist too. <laughs> but yeah, we went creepy slash animal, which like for me could also just be creepy because I am not a pet person at all and I'm instantly terrified anytime I have to hold any animal because I am convinced that I'm going to break them. I do not like picking up anything big or small. Does that include babies? <laughs> I'm not terrified of babies, but it's more of like the cost benefit of like, 
when I held Aurora when she was very young, like that makes sense, she is my niece. But like for other people's babies, especially if there's like not related to me at all, it's like cost benefit, pro, hold a baby, cute, great. I could still look at the baby. Con, I break the baby. <laughs> Pretty big con that I don't want to run into. So usually I opt for being like, oh wow, they're so cute. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and then the final category is just other, so Hufflepuff, we'll take the rest! <laughs> okay, we've got a nice, diverse crowd, except for the one person that went, whoo, for Gryffindor, so. <laughs> so we've got some fun ones. We're gonna start with the, the food department for this first round. Johnny and I will talk about each matchup for about a minute or so, and then move on. We've got a lot to go through, so for this first round, I would say, we're just gonna handle the discussion here and decide what moves on. But every round after this first one, involves audience participation, where the applause meter will help us determine what advances. So for this first round, let us just kind of get through this, and then for the next ones, you all get in the mix. So the first matchup we have is between the one-seated Three Broomsticks and the eight-seated Lucino Cafe. And you're wondering, that sounds Italian. Well, it's not, because it's Lucino with a CH. This is the cafe that they go to in London after running away from the Death Eaters attacking the Weasley wedding. So that's why it's the eight seed. Quite niche. But Johnny, out of these two, what do you think is the better shop slash establishment? <laughs> so I want to confirm that the Lucino Cafe does not exist in real life. I uh, it's sad. lived in London for a few real. months and I lived right off of Tottenham Court Road where they apparated to mm -hmm. in the books. Yeah, Lucino Cafe does not exist. So I think that's... Uh, I mean, I guess it puts it on an even playing field with, with um, three broomsticks. Right, it's still fictional, but it is just a late night coffee shop where the people working there are so inattentive, or they just don't care, that you could have a full-blown fight and they just don't do anything about it. Like, just legitimately nothing is done. On the other hand, mm -hmm. it's a 24-hour diner. Pretty good. <laughs> I, I don't know what the hours on the three diner. broomsticks are, but I don't know if it's 24 hours. Yeah, well... I mean, Certainly not, because when they get back from the cave, right? I think it's closed because uh, uh, Rose Meredith is cleaning up shop. So, I don't know, 24-hour <laughs> No, but I, I mean, don't think this one can win. Yeah. I don't think, I'm, I'm trying, but I don't think it can win. <laughs> Three broomsticks, just to discuss the pros and cons of it. Pros would be that they've got butterbeer. Great, we all love that. Alcohol to kids. Cool, Wizarding World. I would assume they have food, but they never, I don't know if there's ever an instance of them getting food. I might just be skewed by the food that they sell in Universal Studios, which is funny about the three broomsticks in Universal because it's like the food there is actually very well priced and the portions are huge, but then they also charge $8 for butterbeer. So it's like you can really get a lot of food for not that much money, but then also like pay your weight in gold, which in, in just like cream soda with butterscotch icing on top. And I did go, and I'm forgetting the name of the place, the like cool handmade ice cream place that does their own hand pump sodas in town. Everyone want to talk about? Thank you, Franklin Fountain. Thank you, Megan and Rachel, uh, who went with me earlier today. We went there, and that was great. And like, that's super cool. And it didn't cost $8, which was great. It was $8 after I added additional ice cream to my root beer float, so way better bang for the buck. But yeah, between these two, I feel like we can't have the three broomsticks lose to Lucina Cafe. As happy as I was to find out that it did have a name when I Googled, what's the place they go to in the seventh book after the wedding, question mark? Yeah, I was gonna say, three broomsticks wins, and if you're mad about that, you didn't even know what 
the Lucino Cafe was like five minutes ago. So it's for you. <laughs> we all learned about it today. That would be a great like Harry Potter trivia, like the bonus question. And then, you know, now everyone here or listening, if you ever get that, you got to email me yep. if you win $100 in beer credit <laughs> because they ask this. All right. The next matchup is between the four-seated Hogshead, which I have a huge affinity for, or the number five-seated Trolley Cart. <laughs> a tight matchup, tightly contested. I mean, Trolley Cart, if we're going by the books, pretty cool. If we're going by The Cursed Child, the least cool. I was going to say, there was like... <laughs> I don't know where the canon stops. There was like some fan fiction that somebody wrote where she was like a crazy badass witch that fought them. I think it yeah. was like, it, it was a fan fiction, right? Right, Not it was a, a fan fiction that became Broadway. a two-part yeah. play um, that costs $500. Um, but in the books, I mean, the trolley cart is... Uh, I mean, I would love that, right? On the, on the train ride to school yeah. to be able to buy whatever sweets and goodies that I, my heart desired. The only thing weird about the trolley cart, I should have looked up like exactly the price of it, but like Harry does buy the entire trolley cart, which makes me feel like either Harry, we know he's loaded, but I don't know how much gold he was carrying on him. Either the trolley cart, not very well stocked, or Harry was just like rolling with $1,000 in his pocket just in case. Imagine you walk up to like the snack bar at the swimming pool during the summer and you're like, <laughs> I'll take it all. I'll take the lot. I think the Hogshead though, it's an inn. That's a big plus. They have food. That's a plus. I assume that they also have like fire whiskey and all sorts of beer and stuff like that. It feels like the coolest place to go to as a not student in Hogsmeade, but how many not students go to Hogsmeade is the question. Yeah, it sort of feels like a, like a self-sustaining economy, right? Where like everybody who lives in Hogsmeade also works in Hogsmeade. Um, mm. Sort of like where I grew up, St. Louis. Um, <laughs> I think you're right, though. It's a nice old haunt. You know, it's like a local right. joint. And it's like, oh, you don't want to go to the Three Broomsticks. That's where the students go, right? If you're yeah. a real one, you got to go to the Hogshead. And I think that's the type of bar that I like to go to. So I am partial to the Hogshead. That would be my vote over the trolley cart. Because at the end of the day, it's just like mobile, not as good Honey Dukes, which will come up later. So I don't know that there's really like a place for it. Like, I don't know if you ever take public transportation. You're not like, oh, wow, like the United little snack cart is so good. So my vote would be Hogshead. I don't know how you're feeling that. Yeah, no, yeah. With, okay. with that argument, I'm sold. I'm okay. sold. Cool, cool. So now we have the three-seated Leaky Cauldron and the six-seated Florian Fortescue's Ice Cream Store. Oh. Mm -hmm. Now, ice cream, very cool. Leaky Cauldron in food, beer, butterbeer, whatever, great. But do we think that Tom the Toothless Walnut really has a lot to bring to an establishment? <laughs> that's like, yeah, that's the place to be. I mean, I love him. In the third movie, when he <laughs>, laughs at Cornelius Fudge in the weirdest way ever. But I'm wait, how does he like, laugh at Cornelius Fudge goes, in the weirdest like, way ever? Yeah, Cornelius Fudge like says something that's not even funny, and he's like, <laughs> it's like really alarming. <laughs> if you know what I'm, if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch it after this show because it's bananas. Shout out to Jim Tabaret who was on Potter. Yeah, so it was, he, yeah, he had the perfect laugh. But on the other hand, it's not just any ice cream shop, right? Like he gives Harry a bunch of free ice cream when yes. he's in Diagon Alley during the third book, um, hanging out for a while. And I think the fact that it's not only an ice cream shop, but it's like a local one where the owner gets to know people and right. like, you know, is taking pictures with the league champion Quidditch team for the kids, <laughs> you know, like that's, 
I think this beats the Leaky Cauldron. It's just like a place. Yeah, I also think what's nice is there's no other ice cream store. Like you've got Candy Shop and you've got a tea place, but there's no other like dessert. And I'm quite partial to frozen desserts like milkshake ice cream. I think that's nice. Florian Fortescue is also very fun to say. And Harry, I'd made fun of him for this, but I think it's more of a testament to how good this place is, is he spent an entire, almost a month in the coolest magical wizarding place ever. And everyone was like, Harry, what was your favorite part? And he was like, the ice cream store. So like, it must be really freaking good if you could like get magical whatever. And he's like, I like the frozen milk. <laughs> so I feel like Florian Fortescue is the play here with the upset. I think so. Okay, yeah, I think right. so. Defeats the Leaky Cauldron. And now we get into our final food matchup. Honey Dukes, which strangely does not have an apostrophe. It is like the plural Honey Duke. Like it is not Honey Duke's store. It's just like whatever a singular Honey Duke is. Or it's like Jim Honey Dukes is his name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's Honey Dukes versus the number seven Madame Puddyfoot's Tea Store. Every, yeah, I mean, I think that sums it up is, it's so like hoity-toity. It's the kind of place where like, <laughs> they somehow charge you $10 for tea, which is like, I'm sorry, what? I could buy a box of tea for five. Why is putting hot water in a thing $10? Yeah, like when you go to a museum in England and then after you visit the museum, you have to like do tea in the fancy room and that's exactly it. You're like, oh, Is that fine. a thing you have to do after the English museums? Uh, some of them, yeah. Like the Victoria and Albert Museum, you like, you, the last room is like this big tea shop and you just like sit down and have tea and like nobody actually really cares about the museum. It's like, oh, we're going to go have tea at the museum. Do, like, do they make you do that because do they like put something in the tea that makes you forget like, hey, everything in this museum was stolen by British people. Like, is that the whole thing? <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's why. Okay, cool, that's cool, why. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I think Madame Puddyfoots is like very hoity-toity. I don't like a place that is like, it's established like just for dates and nothing else. Like that feels weird. Like the type of place where you're just like table for one and they go, oh, why? Like, and then they judge you, which as someone that was like on tour and stuff, like I had to do a lot of table for ones. And like, it's very cool when people are not weird about that. When you're just sitting alone, eating food, getting a sushi platter that says like feeds the table. And you're like, it's just me eating it. <laughs> which I do all the time. But yeah, I mean, Honey Dukes is dope. Like, bunch of candy, especially they do have candy floss, which is just the British way to say cotton candy. But I thought this was like, candy floss? That sounds like fun. Like, flossing your teeth with, you know, licorice? Cool. I well, think it's like very also, counterproductive for floss, right? Like, but it's fun. I also am pretty sure, I don't think I'm misremembering this, but I think one of the things they had in Honey Dukes was like, mints that also like, brushed your teeth and maybe floss them too or something, which I love. It would be great to just have those in your back because I'm very good at leaving the house and then taking four steps and then realizing I didn't brush my teeth. <laughs> and to have like the oh crap mint that takes care of everything and then is actually good for your teeth as opposed to like when I just like chew gum and I'm like, this is brushing. It was trident white. Um, I think that would be like a great candy to have. I think you and I are going to walk off of the stage right now and go do a startup that's exactly that. Because that would make <laughs> bang. Okay, so I think Honey Dukes is the clear winner here. So cool. All right, we've got our winning four for the food category. We can now move on to utility, which covers a lot of different things. First off, we've got the number one seeded Gringotts Bank. Pretty important because it's the only bank. And then eight-seeded Scriven Shafts, which is the Hogsmeade place where you buy quills and stuff. So... Yeah, you know, the beloved store Scriven Shafts that we all think fondly of. I mean, Scriven Shafts is very niche, and also, like, the fact that they still don't have pens is so frustrating. Like, it's the 90s. Come on. 
plus it has the word shaft in it. Sorry. Oh, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, clear, clear loser. I mean, Gringotts, as strange as Gringotts is and how over the top and dramatic, but still highly flawed their security system is, I feel like Gringotts is very interesting where they're like, we don't have just a thing that can see if anyone is using a, a, some sort of spell or magic that makes them look different, but we do have a waterfall that gets rid of those things. Like, it's like Rube Goldberg was in charge of the security department. They're like, yeah, you do. It's like, all right, there's a turkey and it gets scared and it kicks over a cauldron. I don't know though, like if there's one thing we've learned in the last 20 years about financial policy in this country. It's that like, you know, monopolized banks is a really bad uh, system. Like, are they doing like crazy overdraft fees uh, at Kringotts? Like, uh, yeah, I bet they got to have the worst fees. Like they got to hit you with the weirdest technicalities because they're the only bank and like, what else can you do? Yeah, exactly. Man. But on the other hand, on the other hand, yeah, yeah. oh, quills. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. So Gringotts barely wins. Begrudgingly. Uh, begrudgingly wins. Beats Scriven shafts. <laughs> so we will now move on to the four seed versus the five seed. The four seed, Dervish and Bangs, which I always think of bangers and mash. This is surprisingly not a food establishment. Dervish and Bangs is just like a wizarding general store. So just a get whatever you need kind of place. And then number five, quality Quidditch supplies, which you know I don't like. So Quidditch store versus general utility purpose store. They buy sneakoscopes there, and Ron describes it as having wizarding instruments and stuff, is the direct quote from poetic genius Ron Weasley. First of all, Dervish and Bangers and Mask is in a mean, weird yeah. crossover episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Um, but if they did have a frozen food section, <laughs> that would definitely be what they sold. Well, when I think about like which of these stores would be more fun to go browse around in, right? And like on one hand, you know, we know what brooms do. They make you fly. And sure, it's cool that you can like fucking polish the handle or whatever. But hey like <laughs> Scriven Shaft over here. <laughs> now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> um, so sure, it's cool that you can um, polish the handle. But, um, but I think that like walking around Dervish and Bangs would be like, so nuts. Like, you would see some crazy shit in a Wizarding General <laughs> store. Like, they sell, like, sneakoscopes, among other things, right? And so, like, right. if that's, like, the example of things that they sell, which sneakoscopes are already dope, like, yeah. I think that would be a really cool store. It's funny that, like, what Ron, the first thing Ron goes to is, like, the highly specific weird thing that, like, lets you know when people are being suspicious. Like, that's the, like, mainstay of this store. I would love to go down, like, that one aisle in the grocery store that's, like, party supplies and dog food, and also, it's the international aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I feel like Dervish and Banks is a fun one as opposed to Quidditch store. Um, so the next one. What, do you not like Quidditch or something? I What's do not. Feel? It is a poorly made sport. Number three seated Flourish and Blots. I always forget the L in it. I always want to call it Flourish and Bots. And then the six seated Pottage's Cauldron Shop, which is actually in Nocturne Alley. So Flourish and Blots is the bookstore and Pottage's Cauldron is, I guess, evil cauldrons <laughs> as opposed to like regular ones. It's like these cauldrons are in black, but they're like extra dark black. So I love bookstores. I love walking around bookstores and they make me super energized. And I always walk out of a bookstore with like three books and then I will read like a half of one of them and then I'll go to a bookstore and I'll get really energized and I'm like, <laughs> back to it, I'm reading again. And then I will walk out with three books and then I will read a half of one and then I will rinse, repeat. And now I have a whole bunch of books that I've never read. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I think a cauldron store would actually be pretty cool. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot, probably a lot of stuff going on in there. I know that they buy scales in yeah. the cauldron store, which I thought when I read it initially was like literal like animal scales, like dragon scales. <laughs> I only recently realized that it's like scales to weigh things with, which 
you might have also just realized that because it was <laughs> mind-blowing to me. Um, but I think I'm partial to Flourish and Blots here. Yeah, I think it's nice that it's kind of like your big wizarding all-purpose bookstore. They get their textbooks there. They have fun stuff there. I feel like wizarding books is probably really fun. It's got a fun name. The other knock against a cauldron store, especially one that's in Nocturne Alley, is like, I feel like cauldrons are really heavy and cumbersome. And... I feel like you would rather just get them delivered in some way. I know they don't have the internet, but like it feels like it'd be better to be delivered. Like there'd be a more ideal thing where you like order a cauldron and then someone like port keys it to you or something. Like a Thestral delivers or, it, yeah. Like what are you gonna do? You're gonna like go into the store and then like drag it like <laughs> through Nocturne Alley while like everyone murders each other <laughs> in the streets. I, I feel like I wouldn't want to go there. I feel like Flourish and Blots is a more ideal shopping experience. Imagine the sections. Like you know how they have bookstore sections that's like religion and philosophy. Like what is that in the wizard? world like Ugh. some weird shit <laughs> yeah i don't know potions more potions <laughs> yeah. evil potions love potions they're all pink okay final utility matchup is between olivanders and scribulous writing utensils which is the diagonally version of the one where you get quills and stuff i feel like olivanders has the clear win here because similar to gringotts but like less crappy you do have the one wand store so you kind of have to go my antitrust <laughs> philosophy is saying, no, 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 there's only one wand shop, that's fucked. But I mean, there is Grigorovich's, but you have to go to another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, well, Amazon's still Monopoly, even though Alibaba exists. Um, okay, but I'll shut up. Um, so, <laughs> no free advertising for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. But I think you're right, though. Like, the wand is just so important to everything they do. No chance. Yeah. It's gotta be, gotta be Ollivander's. Yes, especially in the utility bracket. Okay, so we've completed the first round of the utility bracket, and now we're moving on to creepy slash animals. So, number one seed, obviously the creepiest, Borgen and Burks. Super creepy, super terrifying. What do they sell? We don't know, but we do know it's bad. Borgen and Burks. And then eight, we have a well-renowned store that we all know and love, Tallow and Hemp Toxic Tapers. Which is apparently mentioned, I think, in Goblet of Fire, or at least sometime when Harry shows up in Nocturne Alley. But this is, and I kid you not, this is according to the official Harry Potter wiki, it is described as a store that specializes in, it doesn't just offer them, <laughs> it specializes in poisonous candles. That is their specialty, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, it sounds just like a hyper-local business that we should all try to support, you know? I, <laughs> I, I mean, come on. Like, poisonous candle, like, you would have to give it as a gift, or if you were trying to kill someone with a poisonous candle, you'd have to be like, I'm going to light this candle and then also leave. Like, it's not like a poisonous drink or something you put in someone's meal and then you, like, make sure you drink out of the right goblet. Like, poisonous candle, like, you got to get out of there, dude. That's not going to work well. I mean, the thing about Borgen and Burks is, like, it feels like they could sell poisonous candles. Oh, so I feel like, like, I feel like it would be like, oh, that's weird that there's a whole store for that. I just bought one in Borgen and Burks. And then I also bought the Hand of Glory. So I don't really know that Tallow and Hemp Toxic Tapers has a, a leg made of wax to stand on? A wick to stand uh, on? A, whoa. a candlestick to stand on? I have no idea. I feel like Borgen and Burks is the winner here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. So now we move on to the four-seated Magical Menagerie, which is where... Hermione got Crookshanks, and the five-seated Slug and Jiggers Apothecary, which... I think you're, you, you can buy, like, animal care products at the apothecary, right? Mm. Um, but I feel like, a, you know, a store that sells all the good parts of Petco, which is to say the pets. The pets. Um, <laughs> 
I feel like that's got to win, right? Presumably, you can also get, in addition to cats, like all of the other wizardy types of animals. Like, I can like buy a goldfish in a in a Ziploc bag there and like walk <laughs> out with it. I think you can get everything except for an owl there because there's a separate owl store which we'll be covering in the next matchup. But yeah, I feel like magical menagerie is cool. I feel like menagerie is a very fun word to say mm. and it's probably got a bunch of fun animals. The fact that Crookshanks was there and Crookshanks is like part cat, part measle, that's super fun. Apothecary, I don't really know, man. Apothecary just feels like such an uppity word as well that like it's one of those things where if a store calls itself an apothecary, I'm like, can you just translate that to English? Like, yeah, like when you, you see Kiehl's you sell? in the airport and it's like, ooh, it's an apothecary. And then you walk in and it's like fucking every hair care product you've ever seen. I'm like, shut up. Oh, cool. The shampoo aisle. Yeah, Fun. Yeah. yeah. So yes, I think Magical Menagerie takes it here. Our next matchup, the aforementioned Ilops Owl Emporium against the interesting six-seated, this is where definitions get loose, Mundungus Fletcher's Coat. <laughs> <laughs> because he certainly sells stuff out of a classic trench coat in an alleyway. Pro for Mundungus's coat, you could get whatever. Con for Mundungus's coat, if you buy something, you might get that stolen back from whoever the rightful owner of it is, and you're definitely not getting a receipt from Mundungus Fletcher. It feels like when you buy something from one of those websites, they're like, if you buy a jersey from, like, definitely the real New York Knicks team apparel site.com, and you're like, is this website legit? Like, the jersey's $25, so it's a hard bargain. Or, like, you're buying a watch, and they're like, this is a Rolex, and then you get it, and there's, like, two X's after the it's Rolex.com, but the L is actually a capital I. And you're like, ah, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that's Mundungus's that's coat. That's Mundungus's coat. But then Ilops Owl Emporium, that's pretty cool. Cool pet store. Get a bunch of fun owls. I'm assuming that's where Hedwig came from. Owls are very important in the wizarding world. They're very smart. Owls can read. They're literate. So it feels like an important store and a cool store. Mundungus's coat. You can't bank on what he's offering in his inventory. Oh, but I think that makes it more fun. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you here because you know what you're going to get at the owl store. You're walking in, and if you don't need to buy an owl or, like, you know, maybe some owl food or whatever, like, you're not going to go in there, right? You can walk out to Mundungus if you need fucking anything, and he might have it. So I'm like... He could even have an owl. He could even have an owl in his fucking coat. He probably does. So yeah, I'm team Mundungus here. Okay. Have I swayed you? Uh, yes, I think it's very yeah. fun. I feel like Magical Menagerie like could sell owls. Why not? Like there's no rule against it. So yeah, let's go with Mundungus's coat. It's more fun. It's like the mystery box of stores. You never know what you're gonna get. Okay, fun one. Woohoo, it wins. Final matchup in creepy slash animal is the Shrieking Shack. I don't know what you're really gonna buy here, but it is a main fixture of the wizarding areas in the shopping center. So I had to pick it. And then the seventh well-known, well-renowned, we all love and know it, Twilift and Tattings, which is the store that one of the Malfoys, when they have the bad experience in Madame Malkin's, they go, oh, we should have gone to Twilift and Tattings. So I feel like it's just like racist clothes. I was gonna say, is this like the vineyard vines of, uh, <laughs> of the Wizarding World? <laughs> that joke played well here. If we do it at the Boston show on September, <laughs> that one, uh, eh, I don't think that would play as well. Oh, we love playing on regional rivalries. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did a show. Uh, er, the first show I did on like the Sega tour was Pittsburgh. We hate that, right? <laughs> do, do we hate Pittsburgh? Or is that just like the thing where like it's that meme where it's like, I feel bad for you. And you're like, I don't think about you at all. Is that? Okay. That's the vibe. Philly's like, what's Pittsburgh? <laughs> Never heard of her. Okay. <laughs> what was the other one? I forgot. It was Vineyard Vines and the other one. What was the other one? Another racist clue? No, 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 no. The other. Oh, oh, Twilight and Tattings or the Shrieking Shack. Oh, yeah. 
got to be Shrieking Shack, right? I mean, I there's mean, a yes. lot of action in there. You can buy fucking memories in there. Yeah, I would rather buy nothing than uppity clothes. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Shrieking Shack is pretty cool. Uh, you could buy an ass kicking from three people doing Expelliarmus to you at the same time, <laughs> and then you get flown across the room, and then Sirius just like knocks your head along the wall as you're tied up with ropes. Okay, uh, now we move on to the other, which the very obvious one-seated Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes. Uh, that's going to be tough to beat against the eight-seated The Junk Shop. What? Which is the official name, and the only reference to The Junk Shop is that Harry, Ron, and Hermione see Percy Weasley inside shopping and reading a book called Prefix, Who Gained Power. <laughs> Yeah, it does sound like it sucks. Uh, not great, but yes, we, I looked it up on the, the Wizarding World Wikipedia whatever, and it said that the junk shop is like a secondhand store, but it did say that you can buy broken wands and uneven scales, so seems not great. And then, unnecessary shade, it says, we can assume that this is where the Weasleys did some of their shopping. Like, what, just because they're poor, they have, to, they have to shop? Yes, boo, Wizarding Wiki. Uh, so well, okay, yeah, I think that was just like an unnecessary shot. Like, yeah, Percy was there, but like he was buying a secondhand book, which is like cool. I love secondhand books. Like, that's great. Used bookstores are fantastic. Well, no need to be like, this poor ass family buys the broken shit. And I feel like the description sounds more like a pawn shop than a thrift store, right? Like, it feels mm -hmm. more like where you would go to like buy the uneven scales and then melt them and then sell the gold, right? Like that's more what it sounds and like. And it feels like better than Buffalo Exchange where you give them a bunch of cool clothes and they're like, I'll give you 55 cents <laughs> and a piece of chewed bubble gum. <laughs> and then they resell your cool shirt for $20. But yeah, also like what's wild is that all of these names and J.K. Rowling's like, I pride myself on my names. She called this place the fucking junk shop? Like... Even the other ones, like, mm, Scriven Chef's, like, cool, they sell pens that are worse. But this one's like, what's the secondhand store? I don't know, the junk shop? Like, come on. So I feel like nothing's going to be, I mean, in, in, you can't beat Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes here, but I feel like junk shop's got a bad rep. There could have been a better You know, something. I'm glad we had a nice homage here to the junk shop, but we don't even need to talk about it anymore. No, it's no, Wheezes. No, no, no. So now we go into the four-seated Madame Malkin's Wizarding Clothes against the five-seated Hogsmeade Post Office, which is more fun than... I already love the regular post office, but the Hogsmeade post office is like letters plus, hey, owls, cool. So I'm all in on the post office right now. Yes, like, why, 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 why? The fact that you can go in and you can choose like, I need the fastest, it's like stamps, right? Where if you do like a, like, or postage, where you do like one day or two day, like it's that, but with what owl you choose. And that is fucking sick. It would be cool. I would love to see like all the owls in different like rows where it's like, oh, this is the ground owls, but this is the like one day overnight express priority owls. And the owls like got angry eyes and he's got like speed stripes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's got a mohawk. And then the ground owl like walks and it's like a tuba's playing in the background when it walks. <laughs> yeah, Errol is there. So, I mean, yeah, I feel like Hogsmeade Post Office would be really cool. And then also when we go to like the real one like it is cool that in the wizarding world of harry potter like the theme parks that they do have a fully functional post office in the wizarding world which like you can buy postcards and then mail them to people and that's pretty cool i don't know if it's like how at other theme parks you can mail free postcards they probably charge you at <laughs> this one but madame malkin's like is fine there's a bunch of other places where you can buy clothes and not even just racist clothes like there's other wizarding stores where you can get clothes and robes so madame malkin like, also isn't she, isn't she kind of like obnoxious isn't she, she like well, no, maybe she's dealing with a bunch of obnoxious teens and she has to be really strict with them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do empathize with her, but right. 
Yeah, you're right. It's just a clothing store. Yeah. Post office way cooler. I think post office is cooler. Okay. Now, number three seated, Hogsmeade Station, which like, yeah, you got to pay for train tickets and go on the train. And the six seated, Gamble and Japes Joke Shop, which is the other joke shop in... Hogs Diagon, no, Alley. Diagon Alley before Weasley Wizard and Weezes comes in, kicks the door down, and I would assume puts them out of business. So Well, like the only reference to this one is that it's like an old man with a white mustache that runs the joke shop, and that is amazing. Is that gamble or is that Jape? Isn't Japes like a word for jokes, which wouldn't stop JK Rowling from naming it that? But yeah, I feel like he's probably gamble. This reminds me of a place. So I went to this place when I was in Milwaukee on a bachelor party called Art Smarts Dart Mart. Okay. And is it a place that sells darts? Among other things. So they okay. sold like <laughs> the world's fanciest darts, which was super weird. But they also sold like everything you might imagine in like a 1970s joke shop. Like, you know, like peanuts that explode and when you open a them. Snake that comes right, out. Or like gum that like you, when you offer him a stick and it shocks you. And the guy working the counter behind this place was exactly who you would imagine working the <laughs> counter behind this place. Like he had all of these like little one-liner zingers the whole time and it was amazing. But the one I remember the best was... We were like talking about buying something and he was like, you know, I wish I could give it to you for free, but the boss won't like it. And he points up and there's this like picture of a man and like dates implying he was dead. And it said art smart above it. And Whoa. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. <laughs> See, now I just want Gamble and Japes to be that, but it's, it's not. That. And so, so I'm, I'm team Gamble I, and Japes. Really? Really? Over well, Hogsmeade no, I'm team Art Smart. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Hogsmeade Station, like it's pretty cool. You need train stuff. There's no other train station, whereas like there's other joke shops that are better than Gamble and Japes. Rip Art Smart. That's yeah. all I have to say. Yeah. Shout out to Art Here's Smart. A real one. This is not the best real place in Milwaukee. This yeah, is you're the right. best fictional <laughs> place. And then finally, we've got Zonko's Joke Shop, the Hogsmeade one. And number seven, Glad Rags Wizarding Wear, which is another clothing shop that because the only thing we know about it is that that's where they buy Dobby's funky socks, they apparently specify in funky socks, which I love because I own lots of socks and they are all very funky. So big fan of funky socks as I'm currently wearing some funky socks. So I'm pretty big on glad rags. Zonko's, we don't learn too much about it in the books. We learn a lot about it in the Harry Potter iPhone game, <laughs> but that is not <laughs> canon by any measure. What I will say for Zonko's though is like, that sort of like launched Fred and George's career, right? Like they didn't have anywhere good local to buy joke stuff. And then I feel like because they had Zonko's, they were able to like get crafty and get creative and like further their own career. So I think there's something to be said for Zonko's, but on the other yeah. hand, Funky socks. Yeah, I think the thing with Zonko's too is like, it's smart because it's the joke shop that's closer to where all the students go and all the students love going there. Like if you're a kid, like aside from getting wizarding alcohol that like apparently it's fine if you just get, nobody cares. I feel like the number one place they're all gonna wanna go is Zonko's. So just from like a clientele perspective, I feel like that's a pretty solid place. So I feel like it should have the edge, even though I love funky socks. You think socks. Zonko's over glad rags? I'm so torn. I, I think Zonko's. As okay. much as I love a funky sock, okay. we don't talk about like wizards appreciating funky socks, which I think is just like a knock against wizards. Because mm -hmm. even they're like, mm -hmm. even with Dobby, they're like, oh, Dobby was wearing mismatched socks. What a weirdo. <laughs> like, haven't you ever done, like had laundry to do before? And you're like, well, I guess we're wearing a an ankle sock and a soccer sock that goes all the way up to my thigh today. <laughs> That's the vibe. Okay, so we finished the first round. Woo, yay, we did it, great, great, great. So now we get into the second round. And so that it's not just us having conversations all the time, there are rules, but they are fun rules. 
So to amp up the difficulty, what we're going to do is put restrictions on us to make our arguments harder. Instead of us just kind of both talking over stuff, Johnny and I will each pick a side, and then you, the audience, will be using your noise via clapping, making noise, hooting and hollering, whatever, to applause meter who you think should advance to the next round. So for this first round, what we're gonna do is you only have 10 words to defend whatever you are defending. And then we will each pick one, we'll go applause meter and we'll move on. So this first matchup in, we're back at food. This is between the three broomsticks and the hog's head, which I think is very fun. We've got like mainstay potential tortoise trap and then like dive bar where the bartender is gonna yell at you and cast a goat Patronus. What do you want to argue for between Hogshead and Three Broomsticks? You seem to have an affinity for the Hogshead, so I'll take the Three Broomsticks here. Okay, would you like to go first or second? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Butterbeer is tasty and creamy, and Madame Rosmerta is hot. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing we know about her. Thanks, Ron. Okay, three uh, so Hogshead, let's see. Butterbeer, semi-alcoholic. Fire whiskey, very alcoholic. Plus food, win, win, win. <laughs> a close one. <laughs> if you think the three broomsticks should advance, make some noise. Okay, okay. If you think the hogshead should advance, make some noise. All right, all right. Little advantage hogshead. So now, the next matchup is between Florian Fortescue's Ice Cream Emporium and Honey Duke's The Candy Store. I'll take Florian. Okay. I'll take Florian. Okay, I will kick it off with Honey Dukes. Jelly slugs. Uh, cauldron cakes. <laughs> floss. And the other floss one. <laughs> I really hope this works. I scream, you scream, we no. all scream for ice cream. <laughs> Those 10 words. That's so good. <laughs> That's really good. Okay, all right. If you think that Honey Dukes should advance, make some noise. Good, correct answer. If you think that for Florian Fortescue should advance, make some noise. That was so good. I can't believe that's 10 words. I can't believe it worked. <laughs> All right. Shot so my shot. We're done for food. All right, so now we get into utility. Gringotts Bank versus Dervish and Bangs, the utility store. What are you feeling? I'll take Gringotts. Okay, I will do Dervish and Bangs. How about you start off with Gringotts? Yeah, sounds good. Not only is it a bank, it's also a theme park. <laughs> true, 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 true. Okay, uh, Dervish and Banks. If sneakoscopes are most normal, what else do they sell? <laughs> if you think Gringotts should advance, make some noise. All right. <laughs> Fuck capitalism, baby, yeah! <laughs> if you think Dervish and Banks should advance, make some noise. <laughs> All right. We said fuck banks here at the live show. <laughs> the next matchup is between Flourish and Blots, the magical bookstore, or Ollivanders. I feel like you should do Flourish and Blots. You had a big bookstore energy. <laughs> um, so I'll go with Ollivanders. Um, you need a wand. Ollivanders creepy, but need a wand. <laughs> Having fun isn't hard when you have a Flourish and Blots card. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you think that Ollivanders should advance, make some noise. Okay, okay, okay. If you think that Flourish and Bloss should advance, make some noise. All right. Wow, the people that like the book series <laughs> voted for the bookstore. Interesting. Okay, 
And now, the final round two matchups. Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes versus the Hogsmeade Post Office. What are you feeling? I'll take the post office. Okay, why don't you start us off with the post office? Fuck Louis DeJoy. <laughs> mail is essential, <laughs> especially snail mail. <laughs> I feel like that's a non sequitur that you've brought in the bad human post office general and not. We don't know if the wizarding guy sucks, but the ministry is pretty bad, so they certainly have a wizard. Yeah, they have a Louis, Louis DeJoy of the wizarding world. Okay, um, Weezy's wizarding Weezy's. Pranks and pygmy puffs, and also Ron must pay extra. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna go full alliteration the whole time. Pranks and pygmy puffs and Pranks pizza. and pygmy puffs probably pretty <laughs> preposterously <laughs> purchases people purchase. <laughs> he did it. I cheated, I've done two arguments, but if you think that the uh, Hogsmeade post office should advance, make some noise. All right, all right. If you think Weasley's Wizarding Weezes should advance, make some noise. The woos for Weasley's Wizarding Weezes won. He's back. <laughs> all right, and finally, final thing of round two. Hogsmeade Station versus Zonko's Joke Shop. What are you feeling? I'll take the train station. Okay, and I will go with Zonko's. I will kick it off with Zonko's. Um, you're 11 and drunk. What do you buy? Gag gifts. <laughs> well done. You fell asleep on train, but there's only one stop. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aren't there two? Doesn't it like go to, no. it goes to the school once and then Hogsmeade all the other times? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay. Oh no, but it's Hogsmeade Station. So yeah, there is only one stop. It's back to school. All right. If you think that Zonko's should advance, make some noise. Okay. If you think that Hogsmeade Station should advance, make some noise. That was really close. What I, do you, I think it was the station. Okay. But I'm biased. So. Let's, let's, let's try this. If you think Hogsmeade Station should advance, make some noise. If you think Zonko should advance, make some noise. Oh. Teal in the front row. Super loud for that one. So we've got Zonko's advancing. I'm biased, but Teal was one of the first patrons. So that's what you get. Great. So that's the final matchup. So before uh, we move on to the next rounds, let's recap. The two remaining things in the Elite Eight uh, for the food department are the Hogshead and Florian Fortescue's Ice Cream Emporium. In the utility section, we have Dervish and Bangs and Flourish and Blots. Look at the ands. Look at them go. Oh, we haven't done, we missed creepy slash animals. How do I always do this? <laughs> Just kidding. We've got another thing to do. <laughs> so creepy slash animals. Borgen and Burks versus Magical Menagerie. What do you want to do? I will take Borgen and Burks. Okay. I will do Magical Menagerie. How about you kick us off with Borgen and Burks? The fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Magical Menagerie. Crookshanks, plus other animals, I guess. Menagerie, ooh, French word. <laughs> if you think Borgen and Burke should advance, make some noise. People like creepy stuff. If you think Magical Menagerie should advance, make some noise. I think Borgen and Burks has taken it. So Borgen and Burks, it was, it, was, it was close, but people like the creepy stuff. All right, final matchup for real this time. Not a joke. The, <laughs> I forgot McDougas' coat versus the Shrieking Shack. I'm very partial to the Shrieking Shack, so I'll go over that. Uh, do you want to kick us off with McDougas' coat? Mm-hmm. 
off-brand wands, sketchy watches. <laughs> oh man, coat needs laundry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, shrieking shack. If you think the hell of an argument, <laughs> compelling. If you think that Mundungus's coat should advance, make some noise. <laughs> If you think the Shrieking Shack should advance, make some noise. Not it. All right. No shrieks for the shack. So Mundungus's coat has advanced a Cinderella story on it's our It's always hands. a weird one that makes it far. Always a weird one. We love it. Okay. So now in the Elite Eight from Creepy Slash Animal is Borgen and Burks versus Mundungus's coat. That's fantastic. And then out of the Hufflepuff category, we've got, oh, we did it. Wizzy's Wizarding Weezes versus Zonko's Joke Shop. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit. All right. The establishment versus the up and comers. <laughs> So that brings us to intermission, which means, hey guys, it's me editing, Mike. How's it going, everybody? Um, I am here because this is a very special live show because the tour, Patourless, is sponsored. We've got a sponsor for the whole tour. The folks at the Leaky Cauldron, not the fictional one, the real company that brings you LeakyCon and Mischief Merch and a bunch of other fun stuff, they are sponsoring the whole tour, which is super cool. So I'm gonna tell you a little about what they do. First off, they've got Leaky Cons, which are Harry Potter fun conventions. They have two coming up in 2022. What's very fun about Leaky Cons is that they are unofficial and now very proudly unofficial. And it's all about the good stuff about the fandom that you like, so you can see interviews with folks from the movies and you get to be like, wow, Chris Rankin who plays Percy is actually nice and not the worst. Uh, you can also see live podcasts such as Potterless, a very great podcast. And then there's also fun panels where people will like go deep dives into like paintings and portraits and then 10 year olds do the Q and A and they're actively smarter than the professional podcaster that was on stage trying to pull shit about portraits for 45 minutes. And then a 10 year old took him to school just an example. Uh, a lot of fun stuff, but they've got one coming up in Orlando in July, last weekend of July, to celebrate Harry's birthday and only Harry's birthday, no one else that happens to have the same birthday as Harry Potter. And then there's also one in Denver in mid-October to kick off the Halloween season. So if you want to get tickets because you're here and you're a Powderless listener, or if you're listening to this after the fact, you can get 10% off if you go to leakycon.com. But if you're thinking, oh my gosh, 2022, that's a million years from now. I want stuff right now. Well, you can get Mischief Merch. It's independent merch. They've got like some of the really nichest Harry Potter jokes. Like they've got some fun stuff, but then also at one point they had trucker caps for the drilling company that Vernon works for. So like that kind of nerd shit, like jokes that you get, like the people listening at home that were like, I remember Twilight and tattings, like that kind of reference. They've got that kind of merch. And again, if you go to mischiefmerch.com and use the promo code Potterless, you'll get 10% off. And shout out to LeakyCon and the Leaky Cauldron for sponsoring the tour. But yeah, that's all for now. And we will, uh, we will see you back after a brief like 10, 15 minute intermission. See you guys soon. <laughs> How's it going? It's me, your old pal, Editing Mike. How is it going? It is so good to see you, slash so good for you to hear me. However this works out, glad to have you here. I already talked about all the live show stuff and the YouTube channel things at the beginning, but I'm going to talk about two more things. First of all, I'm also going to be performing in the Denver LeakyCon in October. That schedule has not been set yet, but I'm pretty sure I will be doing stuff every single day. So even if you can only attend for one day, chances are you will see me doing something, but I do not know for sure, so I cannot make any promises, but I'm going to try to work to make sure I'm doing something every single day. The other final note that I just want to remind you of, in case you weren't aware, if you go to patreon.com slash Potterless, it is still live. It is rebranded for the newest Olympian Patreon, but all the Potterless stuff is still there. So you can join the, oh, I just want the Potterless stuff 
tier, and you'll get access to literally everything we ever posted on the Patreon, from director's commentaries to live streams to bonus episodes, all of that. For just four bucks a month, you get access to everything, which is pretty cool. Even if you want to just join and then consume all of the content and then leave after a month, I don't care. Get access to all this stuff. Go to patreon.com slash potterless. Thank you so much for listening to this. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me. Others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Now, in the Harry Potter world, you have troubles with cell phones in that no one can use them on Hogwarts because technology gets all wonky and stuff. In the non-wizarding world, you have troubles with cell phones in that you can have awful contracts where you get ripped off all the time. Now, you can have a solution to that problem by using Mint Mobile. Mint Mobile sells wireless phone service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet savings on to you so that you can get wireless plans as cheap as 15 dollars a month when you purchase a three-month plan. You won't have to worry about overpriced monthly bills or unexpected overages. And also, every plan comes with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. I have Mint Mobile hooked up on my work phone right now, and... Every phone call I've had, crystal clear. Every time I've had to use data, very quick. Using hotspots is something that I also get with my plan, and I love having that flexibility. So if you want to ditch overpriced wireless bills, you can do so with Mint Mobile. They have a limited time deal, and you can get a premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash potterless. That's mintmobile.com slash potterless. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash potterless. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. So if you want to solve your muggle problems with phones, use Mint Mobile today. Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right. I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes, and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless. But it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right. I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, you can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewestolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, what's good, everybody? How's it going? Hope everyone had a fun intermission. We are back and we are here to continue the bracket. And just to recap where we've left off, we've got the Hogshead versus Florian Fortescue, Dervish and Banks versus Florish and Blotz, Morgan and Burks versus Mendungus Fletcher's coat. And we've got Zonkos versus Weasley's Wizarding Weezes for joke supremacy. So in this round, we switch up the rules again, and we've made it even harder, because what we will be doing in this round is acrostics. If you don't remember what an acrostic is, you all did it in kindergarten, where you take a word and then you vertically look at all the letters and then you make a word for each thing. So if it was Mike, it would be like, magnificent intellectual, kind of, eh, Mike. So. 
We will be, we will be, doing, you don't have to clap for that. Um, we will be doing those for all the different things because a lot of these stores have like weirdly long names and stuff. What we're probably going to do is just like the first word from it or like the most relevant word. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was getting nervous. Yes. You're not going to have to do Florian Fortescue's ice cream emporium uh, <laughs> with an apostrophe and everything. So this first matchup in the food department to see who the winner of the food department is. Hogshead versus Florian Fortescue's Ice Cream Emporium. So we'll do Hogshead. We can probably do the whole thing. Florian Fortescue's, we'll just do Florian. What would you like to do? I'll do Florian Fortescue. Okay, you want to go first or second? I'll go second. Okay, cool. I'll do Hogshead. Hot order, good. Here exists alcohol. Dynamite! <laughs> Hogshead. Frozen libations. Mm. Oh, really exciting. Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> if you think the hogshead should advance, make some noise. All right, all right. If you think that Florian Fortescue's should advance, make some noise. Okay. Ice cream fans in the crowd. Florian Fortescue's has made it out of the food category. Now, in utility, we've got Dervish and Bangs versus Flourish and blots. So we've got stuff versus books. What would you like to do? I'll take dervish and bangs. I'll switch it up. Okay, so you do dervish and, and start it off. Alrighty. Um, damn. <laughs> Everything's rad. Very interesting shit. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Flourish and blots. So I'll just I'll go with. Uh, can I go with blots? You do blots. Blots. It's blots. a very fun word. Blots. Okay, so blots. Books. Literature. Oh, that too? Sweet. <laughs> what is the other that? We'll it could be know. anything. It could be a book. So if you think the Dervish and Bangs, what Johnny defended, should advance, make some noise. If you think Flourish and Blots should advance, make some noise. All right. The nerds vote for books. We now move on to creepy slash animal as we have double creepy, Borgen and Burks or Mundungus Fletcher's coat. What would you like to go with? I'll do Borgen. Okay, and I will do Mundungus. Not coat. <laughs> Magic underneath. No. Dude. Uh, not grandma's umbrella Spell. <laughs> Blah. Objects. R really gruesome. In night. <laughs> okay, if you think that Mundungus Fletcher's coat should advance, make some noise. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't even ask. Don't even ask. If you think Borg and Burst should advance, make some noise. Crickets. Wow. All right. Wow. It's made it to the final four. Wow. A joke that you said, but what if we, and then it made it. <laughs> okay. Now, the most heated battle. We've got Weezy's Wizarding Weezes versus Zonko's Joke Shop. What would you like to defend out of these two? Zonko's. Okay. I will go with Weezy's Wizarding Weezes, and I will start. I will go with, I'll go with Weasley. Wonderful extreme awesome stuff like everywhere yo wow 
Zany objects. Ooh. Nice. Kooky. Whoa. <laughs> what about apostrophe S? Yes? Oh, uh, apostrophe. Um, <laughs> stop. <laughs> if you think Weezy's wizarding wheezes should advance, make some noise. <laughs> and if you think Zonko's should advance, make some noise. All right. It's the son of Donald Zonko. <laughs> cheered for that. Okay. So now we've got problematic Donald Zonko. I, I can't. Well, I can't believe like, he's ruined a first name. Like fucking goddamn. Okay. If, if you, so we've got the final four. Final four is now Florian Fortescue versus Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes and Florian Blotz versus Mundungus Fletcher's coat. This round is a fun one because now what we will do to amp up the difficulty even more is that you have to present your argument in the form of a rhyming couplet or multiple rhyming couplets if you're feeling especially spicy. So first matchup is between Florian Fortescue and Wizzy's Wizarding Wheezes. What would you like to defend? I love ice cream. It's gotta okay. be, it's cool, gotta be cool, Florian. Cool, 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 cool. Would you like to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. I'll okay. go first. Florian Fortescue, the man is so hip. He's got peanut butter, chocolate, mint chocolate chip. Harry went there every day. He never lost steam. Who can blame him? The man fucking loves ice cream. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. Pranks and gags far and near from decoy detonators to extendable ears. We've got the wackiest stuff like no other, and you don't get a discount if you're our little brother. <laughs> <laughs> wow. If you think Florian Fortescue should advance, make some noise. Okay. If you think Weezus Wizarding Weezus should advance, make some noise. Ooh. That was a good one, though. That was, was close. Very that, was well. close. that was very close. I like that a lot. Okay, now, in the other side of the bracket, we've got Flourish and Blotz versus Mundungus Fletcher's coat. What would you like to defend? Literally, I could just do the having fun isn't hard if you have a library. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not do it. Yeah. Um, what, what would you but like? I will take Flourish and Blotz. Okay, cool. I will kick it off with Mendungus Fletcher's coat. He's got so much illicit items. How does he stock it? How the hell did he get his hand on the evil Horcrux-filled locket? <laughs> <laughs> Our country's fucked. Just take a look. Maybe it wouldn't be so bad if someone just read a book. <laughs> The LeVar Burton approach, I see. <laughs> if you think that Mundungus' coat should advance, make some noise. Okay. Wow. Okay. The coat. If you think Flourish and Blotch should advance, make some noise. What do you think? It was close. It was so close. Let's try it one more time. We'll do it in reverse. If you think Flourish and Blotch should advance, make some noise. If you think Mundungus' coat should advance, make some noise. Okay. All right. It made it to the final. Wow. Holy shit. This is like if Villanova was bad at basketball. <laughs> yeah, Wichita State made it all the way, baby. Okay, good local reference at Villanova. Um, so, we've now got the final between Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes and Mundungus's coat, as we all anticipated. <laughs> what we do for the final round is we, we switch it up again, and this time we get a bit more educational, as Johnny and I will each be presenting a three-minute TED Talk about why our particular establishment should be the one that you go for. So, between Mundungus's coat and Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes, what would you like to present a TED Talk on? I'll do the Wheezes. Okay, would you like to go first or second? Um, I'll go first. Okay. 
For the folks at home, Johnny stood up <laughs> to ruckus applause. Welcome everyone to the Venture Philadelphia fundraising competition. <laughs> I'm here to present what I think is going to be the startup that disrupts the prank industry <laughs> in a way not seen since 44 when Zonko's made its market entry. I'm talking about Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes. Zonko's is dated. Zonko's is a dinosaur. The joke industry needs new eyes, new blood, and new breath. And Weasley's Wizard Wheezes is the one to give it to them. Who cares about, you know, little sticks of gum that shock your finger when you pick them up, or, you know, little cans of peanuts that explode with snakes when you open them? Art Smart just rolled over in yeah. his grave. No! Disturbance in the joke force! Yeah. This is going to go viral for fucking disrespecting Art Smart. Um, <laughs> love him. Um, when you could have puking pastels, nosebleed nougat, some other alliterative sick thing, <laughs> I believe that the joke industry is ripe, ripe, ripe for disruption. So here today, I am asking you the attendees of the Venture Capital Conference Philadelphia, as you all are. It's rare that we get this many venture capitalists who all hate a bank in one room. <laughs> I am asking you today to invest. What can I promise with this investment? Oh, you know, maybe every once in a while we'll mail an extendable ear to your house, or you know, maybe you'll get a newsletter early every month that shows you what the new pranks are coming in. Or maybe, just maybe, if you invest a thousand galleons in this startup, <laughs> your returns are gonna be 10, nay, 100x. Weasley's Wizard Wheezes, where your money belongs. <laughs> very good, very good. Okay. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Now. My opponent here talked about something that's really a grassroots organization, you know, trying to say that he's the little man, he's the little guy, but he still has a brick and mortar location in one of the top real estate shopping industries in all of wizarding. Really like, oh, the scrappy underdog like bought a store in Diagon Alley. Wow. I'm really sure that they're really going from the ground up and, you know, think like, oh, hard-earned. Or did they have a mysterious benefactor that won a competition and gave them all their funding in one lump sum and then required nothing in return? Seems like a suspicious start to a business to me. Why go with something that basically got like one of those loans that like the Los Angeles Lakers got? <laughs> the small business loans. Oh, the struggling Lakers, think of LeBron! But instead, why don't you go truly grassroots, truly ground floor, something that we don't even have a set location. We're not even a food truck. We don't even have a set parking spot. We could be anywhere. We could sell anything. There's no limit to what is in stock. And that is fun from an opportunity perspective. I could give you anything you want. I could give you, oh, I don't know, part of Voldemort's soul? 
But not only just from getting whatever you want, you could go above and beyond that, and it makes for a fun experience. What is more fun than checking out a store and being like, what do they sell here? I don't know, but I have to know. It's like if Hypebeast clothes didn't suck. Like, if you went to one of those stores, but it was like, they could have anything in there instead of like, oh, it's a plain white t-shirt with the logo and it costs $75 because the logo's on it. But no, we could sell anything. And I'm the smallest business possible. I am literally one man. A sole proprietorship, there's no one else. There's no outside investing. And beyond that, on top of that, because I know this crowd so well, I know you guys hate banks a lot. <laughs> I not only just get these items, I steal them from rich people who don't need them. I am the Robin Hood of small businesses. I steal from the rich, I put it inside my jacket, and I give it to you fine folks for a discounted price. You want some bootleg cauldrons? Yeah, I got them. You don't wanna go to that weird place in Nocturnally and drag your cauldron? Just get one from me, Mundungus Fletcher, it's fine. I got all sorts of stuff, and you know that I am not gonna, you know, screw you with any sort of price. I don't have any overhead. All of the funding is going straight to me, a small business. You're helping out the little man, the littlest man who has no one else, no partners. It's just me and my trench coat and whatever is inside, which could be anything. So if you really want to shop small, there's nothing better than shopping with Mundungus Fletcher. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, when did this turn into a pitch meeting? <laughs> yeah, we really, we really flipped the script. Okay, so... Final time, again, applause meter to determine ultimate winner of what's the best place where you can buy stuff in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. If you think that it's Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes, make some noise. If you think it's Mundungus Fletcher's coat, make some noise. As we all anticipated! <laughs> Oh, you gave a very good pitch, though. That is a Cinderella story if I, I've ever I seen one. Whatever it is, shit. Philly is horny for Mendungus' <laughs> coat. <laughs> My goodness. Wow. Well, that was a fun time. Thank you all so much for participating in that. We've got some time left on the clock, so that means we're going to answer audience questions in the Q&A. So, okay, I have one in my inbox called It's Your Wife, so I'm going to open that one first. Kelly on the crowd. <laughs> I am uh, gonna do what's best for me here and open this one. It says, you can answer a Harry Potter question or a non-Harry Potter question. Um, let me read them. Okay, I'm gonna do non-Harry Potter. The non-Harry Potter question is, who is your favorite Avenger superhero besides, damn, mm, she always does this. <laughs> besides Spider-Man, previously she did, who is your favorite person from Lord of the Rings, but you can't pick when Legolas skateboards down the stairs, <laughs> which is the best part in cinema. Favorite Avenger besides Spider-Man and favorite Avenger actor, so I would assume outside of the role. Also, Kelly says Avengers versus Incredibles, which is very close. I feel like I would pick like Avengers as heroes, but Incredibles as the movie. But favorite Avenger superhero besides Spider-Man, which would have been my pick. For actor, I'm gonna pick Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther, because I think he's he's so convincing in a movie in a movie where like everyone has magical powers and like weird stuff, and he is the fictional prince of a fictional country. Like anytime he's on screen in any of the movies, you're like, wow, I really believe that this man is like he's so good that he brings realism into like the most farcical film possible. But as far as a favorite superhero, uh, it is it is tough. For now, I feel like I'm gonna pick Thor just because I feel like Big Hammer cool, lightning cool. 
fly, like spin your hand a lot to become helicopter? Very cool. So those would be my selections. What about you? But if your only tool is a hammer, everything's a nail. Isn't that a thing? Isn't I that like an old phrase? Okay, uh, <laughs> apparently that's a quote. Uh, <laughs> um, I think my favorite actor Avenger is probably Mark Ruffalo because he seems like he'd be fun to hang out with. Okay, I thought um, you were just really into rom-coms. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm into the scene in Spotlight where he's like, that kid! Um, <laughs> And I think my favorite Avenger is uh, Doctor Strange. I think Ooh. he's so cool. Yeah, it, he's, is it the capes or the hair or the magic? <laughs> uh, speaking of the Incredibles, no capes. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's the the power itself, right? I think it's just yeah. like it's like not particularly well defined, like what his power is. It's just right. like all of the ethereal things, and that's very cool to me. That's super cool. Okay, well. Thank you, listener Kelly, for the question. Um, next one comes from Jacob Parrish, a patron of the show. Super cool. Jacob asks, says, hi, Jacob, Ravenclaw here. What if the Shrieking Shack was a haunted house that was Harry Potter themed at Universal? I mean, that's really good and smart. And you, Jacob, quick, go to the patent office right now. Because um, it's very, yeah, yeah, like the pitch they meeting. Do, they do like the Universal Fright Nights. And I've been there for Fright Night. And they closed down the Harry Potter world, which seems like a huge mistake. At the very least, they should keep open Nocturne Alley. Like, they should keep open that for sure. It's creepy already. You don't have to do anything. No, yeah, and I love the Haunted House stuff. I think those are so fun. It reminds me of the episode of Nathan for You when <laughs> they make a haunted house that's so scary that they try to get sued and to get good press about it. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. Oh, Did it's they so get good. sued? It's so what? Do uh, I don't know if they're successful. I don't remember, but they try to make the haunted house so scary that they get sued. <laughs> that's incredible. Okay, next one comes from Nina Campley, another patron. Thank you, Nina. A Ravenclaw as well. She says, quote, if you could incorporate one item from the wizarding world into our lives, what would it be? We just did a whole bracket recently about best wizarding item, and I'm drawing a blank on a lot of them. Wand is, like, too easy. I personally would appreciate Omnoculars a lot, which are fun because you, like, go to a sporting event. You could not have to spend a lot on an expensive ticket, and then, like, ah, I'm bird's eye view, but also, like, perfect view, and I saved $1,000. So that'd probably be my vote. What about you for magical item you would want? Um, the amount of times that I walk out of my house without my phone or my wallet or having put on deodorant or having brushed my teeth, like you said earlier, is like staggering. So what I would do is I would get a remember all, which is kind of useless, but <laughs> I would put it on like a little stand right next to my front door as I was leaving so that I could see it every time I left and look at it and be like, are you forgetting something? Because like, I don't have the fucking mental maturity as a 27 year old <laughs> to do that on myself. Um, so it'd be a remember all. Nice. Okay, this next one comes from Allie, who the subject line was trust the process, so obviously I picked it. Allie says, where was your cheesesteak from today, and what did you think? Philly must know. I went to, it was Jim's, right? We went to, okay. Oh, good. All right. Yes, at the suggestion of my sister and her friend Rachel, we went to Jim's, and it was very good. I've had many a cheesesteak, and it's one of those foods that, like, I only eat when I'm here because, like, I'd rather have no cheesesteak than a bad cheesesteak because it would just make me very sad. So... I had that, and then I did get it the Lord's way of provolone and cheese whiz and onions. So I got the whiz wit and provolone, which is how I like it. What are your cheesesteak thoughts? No, I've been to Jim's, and Jim's is amazing, and it was the best experience ever until I was done, and then I hated myself. But um, my, my Philly treat today was a Wawa chocolate milk on the way down here, though. It was so good. <laughs> oh, so good. Wawa chocolate milk slaps so fucking hard, dude. I am fully convinced that they just like take regular ass white milk and then put in like a bunch of Hershey's chocolate, but it's so good, dude. And it's very cheap. And pro tip, if you're ever like on the road or going to a Wawa, like you can get the, not the smallest size, but the second biggest one for like $1.25, but then you can get like uh, a quart or whatever for $1.34. Like, yes, nine cents upsell for twice as much chocolate milk. Ha, huh. 
seems like a good choice. Like, I always do that when we're on the road. Look at this man lecturing the Philadelphia people on how to wild. I'm just, <laughs> just in case. This is more for, like, the folks at home. Like, if you're <laughs> yeah, ever fair, driving through fair. a place that's got Wawa, you got to go. So, God, I love Wawa so fucking much, man. It's so good. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, so this one comes from Robert Tunnell, who I'm guessing is the friend of Danielle Salerno, who is a producer of a patron and also my wedding photographer. <laughs> love Danielle. Says, hey, we all know Danielle Salerno photography is the best magical question mark establishment, but what would be the best magical ice cream flavor? I also picked this one because you made the subject line, Julius Randall is better than Joel Embiid, which is not true, but I like where your head is at. <laughs> so the best magical ice cream flavor. This is fun because I feel like anything is a fair game. I'm trying to think of like what are, I mean, obviously like butterbeer flavored ice cream would be very good, but I think it would be fun. Don't they have, I don't know if this is in the books or just the store, but like, isn't one of the chocolates like a spicy chocolate thing that you can get at Honeydukes? I don't, I forget what it is, but you can definitely buy it in the, the Wizarding World one where it's like one of those chili chocolates, which I really like. So I feel like that as an ice cream would be fun because like it's chocolate, but it's also spicy, but it's also ice cream. Uh, I think that'd be very cool. And like, I feel like if you put magic into that, you could like, add the thing like that some Asian dishes have where your tongue gets tingly. I feel like there's a bunch of cool stuff you could do with an ice cream, spicy ice cream, basically. You know, sometimes ice cream stores will like partner with specific brands and it like says the brand and then the thing. I think it would be Birdie Bots TM Every Flavored Beans Ice Cream. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> that, oh, and that would be, what would be fun is if the way, like what my sister and I used to do, there's an Italian ice place where we go in the, the shore, the Jersey Shore, and you get like a bunch of little scoops and we get a whole bunch of different flavors. It would be fun if like you could get one of those it's and then it's all just like white so you don't know what the flavor is so it's like a true mystery it's like what's this one? Oh, cherry like what's this one like farts Ugh. like it'd be a fun adventure okay so this one now comes from my sister so i'm gonna do it uh, the subject line was it's now your sister can you do an impression of barb my mother sending you a howler so this is very good I, like as much as I want to do it to be true to Barb form, because this is how she would leave voicemails in back in the day. Like rather than leave a voicemail explaining why she would call, she would just leave it like this. So this would be the howler. It would just be Mike. It's mom. Call me. Uh, that is I, the number of voicemails that I got from my mother that said Mike. It's mom. Call me throughout my life is so high. And it's like, yeah, mom. You know what else said that missed call from mom. So I think that would be it. I think maybe the only difference is my mom sometimes calls me Michael in a particular, like, Michael. So I think that could be like, Michael, it's your mother, call me, uh, would be a, a howler from Barb. And then that's worse because it's like, what did I do now? Uh, well, I was so. going to say, like, that voicemail slash howler could be either, like, you got to pick a milk or, like, someone died. You know, there's, like, a lot of range in that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, the Barb Gamble. Yeah, the Barb Gambles. Yeah, because she'll like she'll just like text me like call me, and then it'll either be like hello, very important thing, or like Mike, I got jeans on sale, <laughs> and they started at up. This is I love these conversations. Girl, she's like they started at one hundred and fifty dollars, and then they were on the clearance rack, and they were seventy six dollars. But then I had seventy five dollars of coupon, so I paid one dollar and eleven cents for one hundred fifty dollars jeans. And then I'm always like, yeah, Barb, get it, like. <laughs> I love those calls a lot. So yes, sometimes it's like very serious thing. And then other times it's like, look at these sales. Fantastic. Love Barb. Shout out to Barb. Okay. Let's see. Oh, the, yes. Amanda Silberling. Hey, what's up, Amanda? Asks, what's the better baseball movie? Twilight or High School Musical 2? <laughs> Impeccable. Impeccable. I will say, what's fun 
What's very fun about these framing them as a baseball movie is that the baseball in both of these films is obnoxious. <laughs> Neither of these baseballs exist. In Twilight, there's like weird magic of werewolves and stuff and vampire magic where it's like very weird. And then that one song, like what's the song that they play? They're like, do-do-do-do, super massive black hole. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Apologies to Muse who listens to the show. Um, they play that, which is wild. But then in High School Musical 2, just in case anyone's unaware, they're all uh, working as people at this very expensive resort where Sharpay's parents go, and the workers have a baseball game. Like, the kids have a game against the other people at the park, and it's this big, like, sexual tension theme song between Chad, Corbin Blue, and Ryan Evans, uh, Lucas Gabriel. And the whole song is definitely a metaphor for... Uh, Ryan trying to be like, hey, Chad, like, come on. Because the song is, I don't dance. Uh, and then Ryan says, I know you can. And then, like, baseball, swinging for the other team. Like, it's there. It's, yeah, they do switch clothes at the end afterwards, which, like, when did you guys switch clothes? And they just, like, don't address it in the film. It's perfect. But the baseball in that is ridiculous because there's, like, cartwheels and front flips. Like, it's wild. Have you seen the baseball scenes from these? I know you're a huge baseball fan, the sport. So I have seen the one from Twilight, not the one from High School Musical 2. Oh, but... I know what we're doing after the show. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Driving home. But um, I, you know how they recently had, like, the Field of Dreams game for MLB where there was, like, a yeah, yeah. It was themed, <gasps> like, the Field of Dreams? Oh, High School Musical 2-themed MLB game. Oh, Give so it good, to me so oh. with a whole lot of sexual tension. God. That would be so fun, yeah. I think like, when you think about the baseball between the two, like, I have not seen all of Twilight, so I don't know if the baseball game matters at all. I think it like ends with like a lot of powers, and then people are like, oh no, they're using their powers, and then like, bad stuff happens. Um, it seems to be like, no, it's not important from the grumblings of the crowd. But in High School Musical 2, it is like actually really important to the baseball scene because it turns Chad from curmudgeon, who is singing I Don't Dance while dancing, he then joins the side of Ryan Evans, and like, Ryan should be the main character of High School Musical 2 and the whole franchise, honestly. So I'm gonna give the edge to that because like, the song is so good. Like, I Don't Dance is absolutely fantastic, and the baseball is fun, and like, some of the baseball's legit, other of it is strange and weird, and some of it's cool where like, a guy's about to hit home plate, and then he just like, runs, does a front flip, and keeps running. Like, it's wild, so. And there's also a break dance, like, breakdown in the middle of the outfield, like, halfway through the game. So, that's gonna be my vote. I thought that you were just gonna say that it turns him from curmudgeon to gay, and I was like, yeah, I, here mean, for it. <laughs> I mean, also, it would be great. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Amanda, for that wonderful question. This next one uh, comes from Amanda. The subject was bad things happen in Philadelphia. Is that a re is that? What is, what is that a reference to? Trump? He said that? Yo, that's fucking dope. What a badge of honor to wear. Hell yeah, bad with two Ds things happen in Philadelphia. The types of things where you try to book an event at the Four Seasons Hotel, but you totally blow <laughs> yeah. it. You book a total landscaping. Oh my gosh. So fantastic. Amanda says, what is the most ridiculous thing that you've learned about the Wizarding World? There are so many ridiculous things about the Wizarding World that I've learned. They shat their pants and make it disappear. The, yeah, pooping your pants and making it disappear instead of using the toilet is pretty wild. I mean, we already made fun of it tonight, but like the refusal to use pens or even pencils is still like so astonishing. Like, I get that they're like anti-muggle inventions and stuff, but you would think they'd be like, pen, okay, we can get behind that. Pencil, yeah, sure, that's nice. But like to still use quills and ink is like so 
flabbergasting. It's so absurd to me. I also think their their money system is wild. Like it, what it's like 17 canuts or like 17 sickles is a galleon and it's like 32. It's something obnoxious where like weird numbers that make no sense and it's all sorts of weird prices. And then the prices of things just don't make sense at all. Like wands are like weirdly less expensive than omna oculars, which feels off. The well, I think money a galleon in the is like, world is, is a galleon like six bucks or something? Yeah, I think it's like six or seven dollars. A thousand galleons for winning the Triworth tournament, if that's like truly six thousand and change dollars, is like a lot of money for a student for sure. Not enough money to like buy real estate and start a business. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Lauren has asked, do you like Scrapple with peas? Is that different than Scrabble or is, okay. Oh no. And it's not Snapple. Is, oh, is that another local alcohol that tastes like shit? No, 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 okay. it's a breakfast, okay. it's a breakfast, it's a breakfast. It's breakfast, what is it? It's, it's a, a breakfast, breakfast meat, meat. Yeah. okay. It's delicious. You don't want, it's bad. Is it similar to pork roll slash Taylor ham? No. All right. Okay. What I like about this is that half the people in the crowd, they're like, don't ever fucking eat this. And half the crowd is like, this shit's delicious. So I am very intrigued and I might have to get some. Oh, here's a good one that's relevant. Abigail says, if you opened a wizarding store, what would it be and where would it be? So I think that's pretty good. We just did a whole bunch of stores. I think it'd be fun to have a store that sold like other sports equipment to try to teach people like, you don't just have to do Quidditch, their stuff. I also feel like, I feel like there's no, I don't think there's like a wizard hobby store, which I think could be cool. Like a game store where they sell like wizard's chess or exploding snap or gobstones. Like, I guess you could maybe get those at a joke shop or Weezy's Wizarding Weezy's, but I feel like to have just a store where you would have like fun magical board games and stuff would be cool. I think that's where I would lean towards. I would go, like party city, but for wizards. Cause I went into a party <laughs> city recently. Didn't know they still exist until I Googled one to try to find one. Don't ask why. And those places are insane. You can buy the most insane things in the world for like $4 in a party city. So <laughs> highly recommend like getting drunk and going to a party city via Uber at some point in the next, whenever you feel like doing that. It's so fun. Someone, but I accidentally clicked archive, so I don't know uh, your name, asked about the newest Olympian, what's going on and what to read. So if you haven't been listening, uh, I'm starting a week from today, uh, I'm gonna be doing a show, The Newest Olympian, where I do the Percy Jackson books and stuff. And this person asked how many chapters and stuff we're doing. The plan is to do like one to two chapters per. So episode one is chapters one to two. Episode two is gonna be three and four. Then the next one is like five and a little bit of six. And then after that is the rest of six. So I'm definitely going at a different pace than from early Potterless, where I did eight chapters of Sorcerer's Stone in episode one, which was a ridiculous choice from 2016 Mike Schubert. Wild stuff. You should wild, do Twilight next. Do the baseball. Thing. There's a. There are. There is already a well-established market of people doing someone reading Twilight for the first time. I know Mark reads Twilight, and that guy's gone on to be like a legit author, which is super cool. So I feel like I would be like stepping on the toes of people who have already done good stuff, and that's already good. So you can check that out. But yeah, I have not experienced a lot of Twilight yet. Um, I know a little bit about it because Kelly has told me about Twilight. We had a, like a going away party in Houston. We did like a drunk history party uh, where I was moving to Seattle. So we all learned different things about Seattle. And I talked about like how terrible it was that Oklahoma City stole the supersonics out of Seattle. And Kelly did a thing about like the history of Twilight because it takes place in Washington. And that was a very, very fun time. So maybe one day, maybe, maybe one day, I will, I will do it. Okay, this one comes from Alexander Simpson, um, a Griffin Claw, who says, if you had to spend an entire day with someone from the Harry Potter world, who would you pick and why? 
Hmm. I mean, definitely try Lubizzi so I could just ask his brain and be like, what are you like? What about you? Mundungus. If we've learned anything <laughs> today, it's that he is fascinating. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. Let's do, we'll, we'll end this on, we just, we just got time for a couple more. Connie Binkowski, patron of the show, asks, what class do you wish they would have at Hogwarts? Which is interesting, because I feel like there's a lot of classes. I feel like since they don't have any sort of like guidance counselor or therapist, they should just have a class that's like the world. Because uh, <laughs> it's like very sheltered, and it's like a boarding school, a boarding school that you go to at 10, and then they kick you out at 17, and they're like, you have to have a job now. Uh, and the only like experience with the real world you have is like maybe in the summer, and then when you go to Hogsmeade, and then like I guess if you leave to fight off Voldemort. So I feel like there's not enough real world readiness. And I also just wish like in regular school they taught us this, where it's like, hey, here's how taxes work and stuff. Like, or also just like, here's how to use a laundry machine. Like, just like a getting by class, wizarding or not wizarding, I would love that. I feel like the old family and consumer science class, but for wizards, because like, it's clear that like, there's some differentiation, right? in like the cooking quality of certain people. Uh -huh, so like, uh -huh. if you could learn how to cook in wizard class, I'd be so sick. Yeah, cooking, I, I wish they would do more cooking because we like weirdly don't learn a lot about wizarding food. We know like some people who are good at it. We see like a little bit of it. Um, Is that one principle or something that like, you can't make food appear out of thin air or something? I, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, still, yeah. you could still do like magical cooking and like we've done the reality live show Potter and stuff and we've always wanted to do a live version of like Wizarding World Great British Bake Off. But like all we'd have to do is be like, I guess Molly's good. And that like wouldn't have a lot to go off of. So uh, I all I want to say about Wizarding World Bake Off is that Noel would still be a child. Yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. I mean, Noel is certainly a wizard. Like, yeah, there's no for way. Sure. Like, for not sure. a human. Okay. Here's a great final question because it has nothing to do with Harry Potter, and I love it. And also, Joe put a uh, longtime listener, first time caller, which is my favorite sport talks radio thing. So Joe asks, "Would you rather never be allowed to wear socks again, or never be able to tie your shoes again?" Which is wild and really good. Um, so I feel like for me, I'm very biased as like I love wearing funky sock boy. Like I. I have all sorts of funky socks. Even at funky socks at the wedding where we had, they were camouflage pizza socks. So like camouflage pattern, but made out of pizza slices. And then they were like the exact right pink hue that matched Kelly's bridesmaids dresses. It did take me like four months to find these socks and they were so fantastic. And I've worn them exactly twice because they're so good. I wore them at the wedding. And then one of the live shows I did with Johnny cause I was like, these are special socks only. Um, so I would, I would want to do socks again. Like if I never had to tie my shoelaces again, I would just like get like slip on type deals or I would just like do it where like, you know, eventually you just like wear your shoes and you don't have to ever retie them again. But if the stipulation was like, if they come untied, like you're screwed, I would maybe just be like run DMC and just rock shoes without shoelaces forever. Yeah, I got long legs, I got long strides. I don't ever trip on my shoelaces even when they are untied, which is really often. And on the other hand, I'm a big sweaty boy with big stinky feet, so. <laughs> Easy enough. What a note to end the show on. <laughs> so thank you all so much for coming. Really appreciate you all coming out. This is super cool. There's a whole bunch of you. More people at this show than there were in Pittsburgh, am I right? So who needs them? That's pretty cool. So thank you so much. Shout out to City Winery for having us and all the folks working here from Jacob at The Sound to Helen, who's been taking care of us all night. Like everyone's been like super cool and super nice. And that's fantastic. Also shout out to LeakyCon and the Leaky Cauldron for sponsoring the whole tour. And again, thanks to all of you so much for coming like this wouldn't have been possible without you i couldn't go on tour if there weren't like people that were going to show up so thank you so much and uh thanks just for listening and and, and really quickly that. this guy today <laughs> if you weren't aware 
released his last weekly episode of Potterless, and five years ago, five years ago, he released his first episode, and like 200 people downloaded it, and like 199 of them were his friends. And I just want to say that I'm so proud of you. I know all of them are so proud of you for an incredible five-year journey, because what this became is truly incredible, and I couldn't be happier for you about it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I think that's really nice. I think what's what's nice about this event is that like I won't I will never think of August 30th as like the day Putterless stopped, but instead it'd be like that time I had the awesome show at Philly and I learned what Scrapple was. <laughs> so thank you all so much. Normally, if the world wasn't the world right now, I would like hang out, meet and greet, all that stuff, but I'm trying to like stay safe and all that. So instead I will just be cleaning up the pretend dollar bill mess I made on stage and then heading back. Um, but thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. And uh, before we leave, as we say in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, before they... Buy uh, something from Mendoza's no, coat. Oh, that, yeah, because bad things happen in Philadelphia. <gasps> Wizard on! Thank you all so much for coming! Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Potterless. I am so thankful that you listened all the way to the end and you're still listening to the outro. You must be dedicated. Let me just talk about some other things just in case I do other podcasts. If you go to my website, schub.es, you can see all the stuff that I'm doing. Got the new Olympian. You got Modern Muckraker. You got Horse. You got Meddling Adults. You got maybe something else that I got working on. I don't know. I'd post it on the website if I was doing it. Also, there's still Potterless digital merch. If you go to potterlesspodcast.com slash merch, you can download digital merch like ringtones and wallpapers and download old live streams that we did. Lots of fun digital stuff over there even if the physical merch is not there anymore we've got fun digital stuff and again i'm still having fun on the potterless social medias we're on twitter we're on instagram we got the subreddit we got the facebook groups there's the discord if you're part of the tno patreon lots of fun interesting things happening and i'm still around and i just appreciate that you are still around listening to these episodes thank you to all the folks who have stayed subscribed i'm still going to be posting stuff throughout the year i appreciate it very much and i just hope you have a good day and let's just close this one out with the classic the thing that they definitely say in the harry potter world all the time the kids couldn't get enough of saying this phrase a wizard on Hey, it's me, Mike Schubert. That's right, I'm the same Mike Schubert from the Potterless Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast and you want to hear something similar, well, boy, are you in luck because I make a very similar podcast to Potterless called The Newest Olympian. That is the one that's going on currently. If you get caught up with Potterless, you will see that I only post episodes every month or so. But The Newest Olympian has weekly episodes, and that is a podcast with a similar structure to Potterless, but it's about the Percy Jackson books. That's right, I also didn't read those as a kid. So if you want to hear me going through that whole series for the first time, you can listen to The Newest Olympian wherever you get your podcasts by searching for The Newest Olympian or going to our website, thenewestolympian.com. I've made my way through the first five books so far. I covered the first movie and the TV show. I did interviews with people who made the TV show, and I'm soon getting into the Heroes of Olympus sequel books. So again, that's The Newest Olympian, and you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts.